very unusual structure. The moon of Mars. Of course I'm going to specify. There's a monolith. We've discovered a base on the back side of the moon. The scientist pulled out one of these mosaics and showed this base. Geometric shapes, there were towers, there were uh, spherical uh, buildings. There were very tall towers and things that looked somewhat like radar dishes. But there were large structures. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. Welcome to the Zero Brain Podcast, the show that focuses on the unexplained. I'm Dave Grave, your host, and like always, we got an awesome episode lined up for you today. Here we go. Chapter 16, Assorted Oddities. Some phenomena resist classification because of their strangeness. Dipping down to that bag with no particular priority, we come up with these. Giant ladder or tread from Mammoth Vehicle. Plate 22. 69-8-8 is an oblique view from the Apollo 8 spacecraft of a large area on the lunar far side. In it is an almost obliterated crater with many parallel markings running through it. One set of these parallel markings continues in the air from the rim of the crater on into its bottom. It appears to be an enormous rope ladder or conceivably the tread from a very large vehicle. NASA does not identify the size of the crater or give a good benchmark for judging the distance, but my guess is that the rope ladder is about four miles long. The object seems to cast a shadow on the floor of the crater, and if this is a shadow, then the phenomenon is not a tread, but more analogous to a leaning ladder. The phenomenon is very real, but it almost, and this is typical of so many moon oddities, defies description. This is perhaps because we lack real analogies from our lifestyle and therefore find it necessary to rely on crude correspondences to ex- to our experience such as the rope ladder. Now, I do not, for example, know how to describe the stringy piece of ground which has woven itself into the ladder, nor can I account for the way in which the ladder itself seems to have no beginning or end, but is part of the ground. It is possible... It is possible that this oddity is related to the general strangeness of the moon's surface to which we have previously alluded. Not only is there a large grid pattern sharply defined in some places, the moon also appears to have a similar pattern of filaments, which cross one another at right angles to form a mesh. At least one qualified person has argued that the skin of the moon beneath a superficial layer of brescia and dust may actually be an artificially protective cover a cover which has been exposed in some places due to a horrendous debacle which took place a long time ago. Have you ever kicked over an anthill and watched the mega myriad creatures work feverishly to repair? Is this the activity which we are glimpsing on the moon? Intelligence in the form of pure energy. Now, I must be honest and admit that I was at first going to leave this out. There is little to go on and a lot of problems associated with trying to comment on or even describe it. But this is supposed to be an open book, inviting interpretations, so let me share the problems with you. The Apollo 16 camera 
took an eerie bird's eye view picture of a vast area northwest of King Crater. It is plate 2272H1113. The Lobachevsky Crater, if I, I think I fucked that name up, is the most conspicuous one included. The sun is coming from the left side of the pictures with the interior rim of Lobachevsky mostly in shadow. But a band of brilliant light stretches from several miles outside the crater to the rim, over the rim, and down to the crater floor. This band of light is not a ray, such as those which surround Tycho and Copernicus and Kepler, and it is not a patch of reflected light on the ground, one having higher albedo than usual. Neither of these look anything like the oddity I described. Now, what it does look like is my conception of a band of pure energy moving over the crater rim toward the center of the crater. The crater is well named. Lobachevsky, for the noted mathematician, higher math teaches us that the mass of matter going at the speed of light becomes infinite and turns into pure energy. Correspondingly, and still theoretically, pure energy can become matter. Some scientists have speculated that it would be possible to travel between galaxies as pure energy and then reform into matter at the end of the trip. This band of light is like no other light one usually sees on the moon. It maintains its integrity as a light even inside the rim of the crater, which is in shadow. The sides of the band of light are generally straight, and the topography beneath the band shows through. It is a total mystery to me, and I put it down in, the, in that column. Set of wagon wheels, half buried in sand. A better guess would be that it is a servo mechanism, control, or device for making a mechanical change, such as an automatic cover, in the crater. One instinctively knows that the crater is different by virtue of the black circles on the rim. It is near the Frau Moro site of the Apollo 14 mission, and the picture was taken by Orbiter 3. And the, Now, if the occupants of the moon conduct most of their business of living underground to escape radiation and meteorites and to maintain ideal temperature, pressure, and atmosphere, then openings to these underground vaults must exist. This crater may represent such an opening, with a control gadget so that precious air will not escape. The black circles parked on the rim may be small private flying vehicles. These guesses may well be wrong, but we can say with a high degree of certainty that the object in that crater was manufactured by very intelligent beings. More machinery in a crater. Two magnificent machine-tooled specimens. And how these creatures do love craters. An analogous question now arises, what then of Mars and Mercury, which also have pockmarked surfaces? We begin with plate 25, which is 67-H-304. It is a dark mare area near a broad low dome. The crater in question is only about 100 yards in diameter, one of the smaller anomalous craters we've considered. The area is the Sea of Tranquility on the side, the near side of the moon. The crater in question, what can you say about the kind of precision found in this crater? No doubt. Looking at the photo, you'll notice the portion of a perfect square etched into the blackness. Increasingly, it becomes apparent that the openings to vast underground vaults, maybe, take the form of perfect squares, diamonds, etc. It is the least you would expect of an intelligent race. The next machine-tooled, quote-unquote, specimen combines the metallic object crossing the crater with the partial covering phenomenon. 
That is, when the camera took the picture, the crater was in the process of being covered over. Lintels had begun to move across the expansive crater to hold up the cover fabric. This is pictured in plate 26-70-H-1629. The area is also the near side of the moon, and the crater in question is small, on the same order of size as the one considered previously. Two control wheels in a crater. Plate 27, titled 67-H-41, is loaded with strange craters, but the one in the center stands out. In addition to the familiar object crossing the center of the crater, which perhaps with similar objects, which will emerge from the sides, will hold up a covering. There is a striking control wheel, which looks like the head and part of the shank of a screw. Plumbing? Entrance to an underground community? I'm beginning to think NASA features these photos with the attitude, here they are, if you, the public, the scientific fraternity, the press, are too disinterested or blind to see these oddities, then that's your problem. We're, no, we're not budgeted to educate you. We barely have enough money for ourselves. But let's return to another photo, plate 24, for a second example of a control wheel. It is so perfect and striking that I have sketched it below. Again, it is a smallish crater on the near side of the moon, and you may notice a pattern in the kinds of anomalies existing on different portions of the moon. The cultural anthropologists might have a field day studying the different modes of existence there. Black diamonds are trumps. We come now to the prize crater, which is an artificial opening. It is so perfect, so obviously engineered, that if this had been the only phenomenon Coming to my attention, I'd have shouted Eureka. It is pictured in plate 28, 67-H-266, and of course is of an area on this side of the moon. The crater in question is small, on the order of 100 yards in diameter. If you are curious and have more than a passing interest in this subject, I encourage you to get a copy of this photo and examine it for yourself. In the photo, it is in the area also where Surveyor 1 soft landed on the moon on June 2nd, 1966. Perhaps you will recall that when we discussed the service station on the moon crater near where Ranger 7 impacted, the speculation was offered that NASA had programmed the spacecraft to come in on heat, metal, gas, or something else which might be representative of intelligent activity. I think that the fact that Surveyor 1 landed near this anomalous crater is indicative of the quality of that speculation. Note that the lintels crossing, or about to cross this crater, are at the level of the inner opening and not the outer. Also, that the inner diamond-shaped opening is positioned with an interesting regularity vis-a-vis -vis the outer opening. Without actually viewing the action, it is perfectly obvious that the inner lens of this crater can be closed completely. The blackness there is attributable only to the depths of the opening and not to shadow from the rim. The straight sides opposite each other are parallel, as well as having the same degree of arc and thus are worth noting. Also, some of these small craterlets surrounding the large crater have a blurred aspect as though ground had been thrown up out of the crater to the rim. Finally, another pattern begins to become apparent. Individuality is shown in these anomalous craters, perhaps as a means of identification. Although the craters are alike in their degree of oddity and the extent to which they show evidence of intelligent engineering, no two appear to be exactly alike in the manner in which this engineering and the architecture is carried out. If this crater in question were my abode, 
I would have no difficulty in finding it as I skimmed low over the moonscape. Construction on the surface of the moon. The astronauts, as the tapes show, marveled at the sights they saw on the moon, especially the more or less obvious constructions. They had code words, example given Barbara and Annabelle. They had code words for these and other anomalous sites. They talked about mountains carved into exact shapes, parallel tracks leading right up to what seemed to be constructed walls, and so on. Plate 29, 67-H-935, contains such a phenomenon. There are parallel walls with an arch between them, and the sun streams beneath the arch. There are nodes or raised markings located at exactly symmetrical spots on one wall each node on a line with the inside line of the two walls, each an exact distance from the corner, each with the same size shadow. Another construction brings to mind the line Alabaster City's Gleam. It is a beautifully shaped dome on top of an architectured platform. The platform is as perfect as though drawn by the most meticulous draftsman. Now, there are two pictures of this area from different perspectives. 71H-1300 and plate 30, 71H-1765. This area is one of the most interesting on the moon, with dozens of mountain masses lining a long valley in many constructions. Figure 1 shows the dome in relief with an with only an edge on of the foundation showing. And figure 2 can be confusing, as the dome blends in with the background of the platform. This second picture was taken by the spacecraft camera when the spacecraft was closer to the dome. Dome in this context does not refer to the natural feature astronomers call domes. The latter are perhaps the result of volcanic swelling or other stresses of the moon's mantle. They tend to be low and irregular and often have a craterlet at the summit. Another example of construction catches the builders in the middle of their job. The skeleton of a vast covering, 7 by 4 miles in area, shows up in plate 31, 69-H-737. All over the moon, there are coverings of one sort or another. Rib-like markings show clearly, and the places where the cover material is stretched taut, much like the tent canvas when it is stretched, are highlighted by the sun. The ribs of the covering under the consideration look like this. Five parallel ribs, about seven miles in length, tip to tip can be seen in this illustration, rising at perhaps a 30 degree angle and then leveling all at the identical point to run horizontally for an equivalent distance. It would be interesting to know what the material which will cover this skeleton is made of. Logic dictates that it will be impervious to dangerous rays, if the unscreened rays are dangerous to them, and to the impact of small meteorites. Or perhaps these coverings are merely first line of defense safety factors to protect or hide underground communities. Your guess may be as good as mine or that of the analysis at NASA. Nobody has been there, none of us, that is. Filling up the storage tanks or taking away the waste. They use the syringe principle, judging by the photographic evidence, to either empty a load of water into an underground storage tank or suck up wastes for removal to another location. Plate 12, 72-H-839 contains evidence of crater sprays, ridges being knocked down, enormous extrones slaving for their masters. Small wonder then that bits of evidence about their maintenance problems show up. A few miles from the end of that notorious ridge on which so much work is focused, one can find a small ponding effect, looking as though gray sludge had been smoothed over and then gelled. 
In the middle of this ponding effect are two puffy orbs between a quarter and a half mile in diameter. On one of the orbs can be seen a nipple-like extrusion, which is reaching into a craterlet. What do they do with their wastes? Although we have no clear evidence, there are many possibilities, all of which do credit to an advanced race. They can, one, lug them to a central point for recycling. Two, place unrecyclables into the Lagrangian points of the moon. Three, dump them over the friendly skies of Earth where animals and bacteria and vegetation take care of them. Remember the falls of the, from the sky of blood and fish of practically everything, flora and fauna, brought to our attention by Charles Fort? Of course, there are other possibilities. The only thing I am sure of is that the moon contains no litter except that left by us. T-Bar Plumbing we return to smallish craters, many of which show evidence of right-angled and T-bar plumbing. The word plumbing is used in its broadest implications. Plumbing for water, for wastes, or as a pipe-like conduit for a wide variety of basic needs, including atmosphere, heat, fuel, etc. A clear example shows up in plate 32, 66H-1611. The reason for the T-bar plumbing of this sort to extrude in a much larger crater is not clear. But since the crater appears to be in the impact variety and not artificial, the plumbing object could have been exposed by accident when the meteorite hit. Another type makes its appearance in plate 3467 h h307 The crater in which it is found is very small, not larger than an ordinary house. As would be expected, the area contains many small anomalous craters which are difficult to classify. The pipe, quote-unquote, in the crater under discussion has a sharply defined perfect right angle, the most persuasive evidence of its artificiality. Plate 33 contains another beautiful example found at the bottom of a small crater. The object is of such perfect design that it must be of intelligent origin. Pipeline conduits and plumbing T-bars are not rare on the moon. One can scarcely examine a closed surface shot which contains smallish craters and not find one. It seems so logical, too, for underground conduit systems to be exposed at intervals. Ease of access would be a prime reason. Flying objects come regularly to remove or replenish. Indeed, the moon, instead of being the dead, barren place we superficially see, is the home of most complex cultures which are not merely using it for a temporary base, but are established for the long haul of sculptured platforms and gleaming domes. Save for the last in this chapter is the Disneyland of the moon, the Alpine Valley. It could logically have been included in the section called construction on the surface of the moon, but so compelling and exciting is this area that it deserves to be considered by itself. The Alpine Valley is on the near side of the moon always facing us. It is near the extreme northern edge, neighbor to Plato Crater, where a blizzard of light quote-unquote, and other puzzling things are seen. Construction, shown in plate 29, 67-H-935, is also at the edge of the moon, near the Rock Mountains, near the Rook Mountains and Schickard Crater in the southeast region. Extending the coincidence, the domes on platforms shown in this chapter are also on the very edge of the moon, just beyond the ocean of storms in the eastern region. One wonders if these above-ground builders chose locations almost out of view, but where they nonetheless could keep an eye on us in their horizon. The Alpine Valley is an area of contrasts. 
a resident of one of the habitats high up on a sculptured platform has a view out on a broad, flat mare or plain. In another direction, there are mountains, and everywhere there are carved aesthetics so tied to his existence. There are suggestions that the occupants of the Alpine Valley live above ground, unlike the occupants of many other areas of the moon, where underground dwellings do seem common. They live above the ground in domes and other sculptures carved on top of gleaming flat platforms. The imagination which was used to develop the many platforms and domes is impressive. It is as though we on Earth brought together our most creative artists and said, here is a thousand square mile plot of mountains and prairies. Do with it what you will. And then we backed them up with giant carvers and earth movers to carry out their whims. There are at least three different photos of Alpine Valley. Plates 35, 67-H-897, is not the crispest, but is the most revealing. The other two photos are 67-H-1409 and 67-H-1400. One person hypothesizes that the dome structure on the platform is not an abode, but a spaceship. He believes the platform is a spaceport. However, it shows up in the same position in all three pictures, two of which were taken three months apart. If it were a spaceship, it seems possible, though not necessarily likely, that some change would be shown. The ship would have changed position or even be absent in one of the pictures. But there is a more compelling reason for calling the structure an abode instead of a spaceship. It is that the area is filled with ovals and circles rising to beautiful geometric peaks. The particular culture which chose the Alpine Valley clearly likes the view from high platforms. None of these structures have shown change from one picture to the other, at least none which I've noticed. But there is no compelling reason why change at that distance and size would show up. If you consider only objects the size of an office building or larger, then views from the air over an American city might show no change over a period of three months. After studying the Alpine Valley, one is tempted to say that almost none of the mountains and enormous plateaus are of natural origin, or at least have not remained in their natural state. Platform after gleaming platform is there, each with its own brand of dome. They are all about the same size in the vicinity of about two miles wide. The shape and size of the shadows they cast lead me to estimate their height at about half a mile. The platform in the sketch is six miles across at its widest point. Do you know how big a community one dome that size could maintain? Obviously, an entire American town could be placed inside one, with enough room left over for hydroponic farming and hobby indulgence. Atmospheric pressure and breathable air could be easily maintained. The dome, as Earth engineers have discovered, is a practical and efficient building shape with considerable strength. And Damon Knight, in his biography of Charles Fort, Prophet of the Unexplained, quotes Thomas Kuhn's Structure of Scientific Revolutions. Quote, In science, novelty emerges only with difficulty, manifested by resistance against a background provided by expectation. Initially, only the anticipated and usual are experienced, even under circumstances where anomaly is later to be observed. And that is the end of chapter 16, everybody. Next chapter. Chapter 17, when is a moon not a moon? All right, that's the end of the show. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, and follow on every major social media avenue you see the Zero Brain Podcast at. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, 
buzzsprout.com and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. I'm Dave Grave. Again, this is the Zero Brain Podcast. You guys have a great day. Peace.